Hey, welcome to Stratcom Live. This is the podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Yeah. For small business and nonprofit marketing. Correct. That's. Uh, I believe that's how we branded it. Yeah. And, and I want to call it the podcast because there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about marketing, mm-hmm. but they're not the podcast. They're not the podcast. They can't. They, we should trademark <laughs> they can, that. They can try. We should trademark <laughs> the. And anytime somebody uses it, if, if you use the letters T-H-E, whether you say it the or the, you have to pay us 50 cents. We wouldn't have to work in this business anymore. So, okay. Interesting story. So we're already into the stories. We're already in the haven't stories. even introduced ourselves. We're already into the stories. So just recently, so I'm a worship leader at my church, yes. right? Yeah. And I was watching, uh, the social media channel that I follow and it's called worship leader problems. Okay. Right. And what it does is it shows worship fails from like, like little video. Cause everybody's streaming on the internet now. And before that, Nobody noticed these things, but after COVID, everybody's noticing all of the little stupid mistakes where we mess Does up the words. Does that include like the the like the really really terrible singers and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, they they try not to make their own people look too bad, but like sometimes like they'll have the auto they'll have auto tune turned on and it's in the wrong key, so <laughs> like you have the singer singing it right, but it's coming out wrong, or or this lady she sits down at her piano and she's playing and like the stand gives way and the whole piano just goes. Boom. <laughs> You know, like in a, in a very tender moment. So that's kind of what they do. Has well, that ever happened at your church where, where like the keyboard, something bad happens, like it gets knocked over? Or... I don't think we've had anything really crazy major, but we've had little things, things sure. that, that could be on there, you know? Yeah. I don't know if we've never sent any in. Um, <clears throat> but, well, okay, here's an example. There's a song. It's like, it's all about you, Jesus. It's not about me, right? And the guy sings it. It's all about me. So, like, that was a funny one. That's line. funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is all. It's all about me. So, um, I'm a very spoiled Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's some of them out there. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so, so the point, though, is that this worship leader problems got a cease and desist letter from an organization that started back in the 70s who trademarked the word worship leader. Like every, (laughs) how dare you? you... (laughs) Up until that point, it wasn't a trademarkable phrase. Like nobody really, like it it was after that, that it really kind of became into prominence the way that it has. Sure. And so if somebody, you know, uh, so if somebody uses that, they can come against. So they came against this worship leader problems page, which was like clearly like a meme, meme-ish page. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. was, it was there to make people laugh, but with a little bit of helping you become a better worship leader too. Do you know what I mean? But mostly that. And they came after him and they made him change their name. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They, because they trademarked the word worship leader. Uh-huh. Which is really weird. Right. Hmm. What else could we, what could we trademark? I don't know, but um, trademarking the word the would make us a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it would. I don't, I don't People would run a follow that all the time. I don't think it works that way. No, but. no, it, it doesn't work that way. And then we're not even here to discuss that. We No, we, but it was a fun little rabbit trail. Yeah, a little so bit. So today we're going to be talking about leveraging social media for nonprofit success. Yes, leveraging. Leveraging, leveraging. being the, the key term there, leveraging. We'll get into that. Leverage is a very powerful term. So yes, it we'll is. talk about it. So. Yep. We should probably introduce ourselves. We should. Kelsey, tell me who you are. Okay. My name is Kelsey Bowden. I am the president and founder of Grand River Agency, former, formerly Southern Tier 
communications strategies and a communications professional of nearly 20 years. Awesome. Yeah. My name is Josh Hatcher and I am the vice president of client success at Grand River Agency. I'm also a published author and a successful podcaster mm -hmm. uh, on my own channels and the things that I do over there. And uh, subject of another podcast. Yeah. It's really cool to be able to do this uh, with somebody because a lot of what I do, I do on my own or I do with like a random guest over, mm -hmm. you know, the internet. So it's kind of cool. To it's be nice with. to have friends. It's <laughs> nice to look you in the eye and be able to talk to you as we do this. So yeah, I fun. know. I, I feel closer to you through this experience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Anyway, so yes, leveraging social media for nonprofit success with the keyword being leveraging, because it's not enough to just use or to utilize social media. There are things that nonprofits can do out there in the digital realm that allow them to have that. Uh, not only do they have their 501c3 or whatever their tax designation would be that gives them an advantage financially, but there are also other programs out there for nonprofits on social media and in the digital realm in general that allow them to have the most impact for very little investment, if any, or yeah, very little investment of finances or resources. So we'll get into that here in due time, I guess, because there's yeah. stuff that we need to get to first. It looks like, right. well, honestly, the most <laughs> important stuff, the most important stuff. Uh, I want to know, Kelsey, if you could, I feel like like we're like this is the the most ridiculous rabbit trail and I don't even care because it's fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you could invite three historical figures to a dinner party, who would they be? Three three historical historical, figures. historical do they uh, need to be dead? No. They just no. need to be his somebody that we would look at history and say there's a figure like there's a figure. Okay, so yeah. First, and he's still alive, Sir Paul McCartney, my favorite musician ever. I would want him at the dinner. Yeah, he would be historical. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, de definitely. Yeah, go Beatles. Would, um, would he be required to make music? I would love it if he would play something at said dinner. If, if there was a piano there, I'd like it if he'd sit down and play. But he doesn't have to. He would be invited to, and he's a natural <laughs> performer. So Sir Paul McCartney would be one of the historical figures. Now I should probably think of someone who's dead. So, <laughs> so we can, so we can add someone to that list. Hmm. Teddy Roosevelt. I love Teddy Roosevelt. Love Teddy. Love Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and I would hope that no one would shoot him mid speech. So he would have to continue his speech. He, he would be just fine. Yeah, he would be. He would just continue doing <laughs> what he was doing. He would not care. Would not, not, uh, not, I, I had, I had something I was going to say there, but it has a swear word in it. So <laughs> I won't do that. So yeah, definitely Teddy. And then do I stick with another person who is no longer with us as a historical figure? Let me think on that. You give me one while I'm thinking right. on that, because so, this is an important question. So, so, I mean, my obvious answer is going to be Jesus because he's my best friend. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, and if that, we run out of wine, he's got the hookup. Right. It's true. So, um, and yeah, that's my obvious. Um, I, so you already took Teddy, so I can't invite him because he would be my second choice. Um, Did I take that from you? 
you didn't know that you took it from me, but, yeah. but you did. Yeah. Um, so how about, okay. This is a tough question. I want, I'm going to give both of them in one answer just because it would be very interesting dinner conversation. Okay. Not because I actually care that much about the people. Okay. Abraham Lincoln and John Wilkes Booth. Have, uh, in, in the same room, huh? Yeah, but Jesus has to sit in between them. I, I hear they didn't get along. <laughs> Jesus has to sit in between them and yeah. keep them in line. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, that's my three people. Those are your three people. All right. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still sitting here thinking. That, that's actually, and I didn't have a chance to sit down and really think about this beforehand, before we started, what the, my third person would be. Hmm. We could ask ChatGPT. We could ask that. <laughs> No, th this is an important, <laughs> it's an important question. There's like, there's so many different possibilities and different reasons why you would want. Well, think of who you've got at the table now. You've got Teddy, Paul McCartney Paul and, McCartney Teddy, and Teddy. Do you think they would like each other? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so you might need a peacemaker to sit between them. A peacemaker. Yeah. Mm, like Gandhi. <laughs> Bring Gandhi there. Dude, did you know Gandhi was a creeper? What? Dude. Like he would like invite like like preteen girls to spend the night with him to prove that he was capable of self control. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I actually don't know I don't know a ton about him, so he's not actually the person yeah, that you I can't invite him now. No, yeah. but I was just thinking like the like a peace <laughs> a peacemaker. <laughs> I just ruined him ruined Gandhi for you now. Right. <laughs> ah, you know what? What? Chief Corn Planner. Ooh, Chief, Chief Corn, Corn Planner. Planner. Seneca Nation. Seneca. Yeah. We, we, we have, in my family, we have some Seneca blood, so, you know, uh, several generations back. Um, and this summer, actually, I have, uh, you know, spent some time kind of touching our roots. We went to the Seneca Nation powwow, me and my daughter, uh, like about a month ago, uh, the Seneca Nation Museum. And I mean, like we've lived in this area, so, you know, we've seen a lot of the stuff that's, you know, Seneca related. And there's uh, <clears throat> members of my family that are uh, in academia and they're big into our genealogy and like, you know, figuring out where we came from. So um, we, we are supposedly tangentially related to Corn Planner in some way or another, like probably from the same from the same turtle clan or something mm -hmm. of that nature, like things that I need to dig a little bit more into myself to have a better understanding. But uh, yeah, he would probably, probably be my third and my mom would be very, very proud of me. <laughs> she awesome. like, she's always reading up. On have have you ever seen his grave? I have. I've been there. Okay. Good. Yep. That's just up the road here. Yep. I've been there. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Yeah, he's a he's a really so it good took me a, it took me a second to get to the third one because I really wanted to think of like, have a a well thought out answer. Like, I, I love how seriously you took that. Question. I did, uh, yeah. When I when I uh, when I when I saw that here, I was just like, wow, I should uh, really make the make make an effort at some poignant answers here. So yeah, yeah. corn planter that would be a weird dinner party though. A Native American chief. You have uh, a, one a of British the British pop singer. Yeah, British. I but Sir Paul McCartney. Let's give him more credit than that. One of the best. Him and Teddy wouldn't get along though. Yeah, I well, I mean, we Teddy, don't... as much as I love Teddy, he he did Geronimo and the Native Americans pretty wrong. Like he had a lot of respect for Native Americans. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But 
that respect for Native Americans was definitely like respect, like in a way that was not <laughs> like, like, okay, we respect you, but we still want you to live on the reservation. Right. Basically as captives. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you mean like the entire of American history? <laughs> right. Right. Like, like he had respect in a, a regard that would have been considered respect in that phrase and that, that phase in history. But yeah, but if we look at it today, yeah, I was recently reading about Geronimo and, you know, his people were basically, and, you know, they stole all their land and made them move to this barren reservation. And, mm -hmm. and Geronimo like went and pleaded with him and he was like, you've been a bad Indian, you know, because <laughs> he was like always leading revolts and yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, man, you just ruined Teddy for me, but it didn't ruin as bad as we just ruined Gandhi. So I think we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to, to read up a little bit more on Gandhi. That's why I'm happy. I actually didn't mention him. Yeah. You're, you're uninvited. Gandhi. Yeah. You're, un you're uninvited. You're uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, if you are enjoying listening to us rant, which is hopefully the case. Hopefully you're enjoying these conversations. Right. Uh, and you want to have more conversations. I know that us. we enjoy them. I know that we enjoy them. I hope other people are enjoying them too. But if you are out there and you're listening and you're like, okay, these are guys that I feel like I could do work with. These are guys that I want to help me. I just want to encourage you to go to our website at grandriver.agency. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, our Stratcom, this podcast has its own website. Yep. Stratcom dot live mm -hmm. and you can see all kinds of marketing news and headlines and things that are going on. But if you really want to get to the core of who we are, where we can help you make your business grow, make your nonprofit organization grow and do awesome things, go to grand river agency and right. get in touch with us. Yep. I'm always here, always here to chat, always here to make new friends. And we want our friends to succeed. Yeah. As we've said before, we, like to treat our clients as friends and we like to treat our friends like we would meet them at the local grocery store. I got it. We didn't get grocery store in the last pro podcast. Yeah. We, yeah. We, have to <laughs> we said it like 18 times in the first one. <laughs> Just trying to hammer that point home. Yeah. But yeah. So leverage, leverage, leverage. So leverage is when you can apply extra force based off of the angle of what you're working on. Correct. Right? Like that's, that's how leverage. Works. I'm glad you did that definition. That's perfect. So, so help me understand what you mean when we're talking about leveraging social media for nonprofits, exactly. leveraging social media for nonprofits. So you're basically looking at resources that are exclusive to nonprofit organizations that are going to help you to amplify your message in the digital realm. It's not enough for you to be out there. And there are a lot of nonprofits with very slim, slim budgets where they're, at least at first glance, their first and only choice is just to be posting organically, free posts, organic posting on social media on whatever channels are most applicable to their target audiences. But there are other resources that are available that allow you to take advantage of free training for your staff or for yourself. There's uh, free advertising through things like the, the Google ads grant and mm -hmm. yeah, the Google ads grant, which is uh, something that we often start our clients, our nonprofit clients with first, because that is a kind of like a first easy, quick, low hanging fruit type of win. You're basically, if you're eligible and you check all of the boxes for them, 
you're basically guaranteed as a nonprofit organization to receive $10,000 a month in free Google advertising, which is fantastic. Now, there are some organizations that uh, are not eligible, even if they are nonprofit, like private schools, for instance, hospitals, things of that nature that uh, <clears throat> you really need to double check the eligibility. But for the most part, if you have like a 501c3 or related designation, um, you're guaranteed for the most part to get the free $10,000 in it. And that goes, how far would that go, Josh? So $10,000 a month in, like, in free Google advertising. So what it would do is it means that anytime, especially if, you, especially if, cause we're talking about leverage here, right? Yes. So if you really want to leverage that before we hit how far that goes, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you've got a funnel of some kind Excuse that me. captures, right? We talked about your, your, if you, if you get the mindset, we've talked about this before, uh, your donors are your customers. Yes. So, uh, if you have a way to be able to take the people that are searching and that find you because of that Google ad grant, right? Yeah. So you have Google ads running $10,000 a month worth, and then you're funneling them to that place where you can capture their information so that you can then convince them to give you money so you can continue doing the great work that you're doing in your community. Right. You know, but it like, like you're taking that, that, that $10,000 a month in that way would go tremendously far because you're putting yourself in front of your, your donors. You're putting yourself in front of the people that want to give you money. Right. And, 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 you know, look, I mean, cost per click. I mean, a lot of that depends on your keywords, but people are oftentimes paying anywhere between 50 cents and $3 for a, 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 an ad click. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm depending on the keywords and there's a big range on that and, and their value, but dude, so like, let's go, let's be conservative and let's say you're paying $3 a click, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, like 3000 clicks to your website. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you've really, again, leveraged it by being prepared to make sure that you can capture that data from someone, dude, like, what your capability there is endless. Three thousand. You said three thousand clicks. Yeah, yeah. That that sounds about right. And when you are a small nonprofit who is used to having seventy nine clicks over the course of an entire year, right? <laughs> I just threw a number seventy nine right. out there for whatever purpose. I mean, like that goes a long way. Yeah. And that's ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah. yeah. A month. A month in free Google advertising. So, like I said, with our non with our nonprofit clients, that's typically where we start. Is by going through that eligibility process. And there's a couple steps along the way. Um, actually, let's uh, let's post the link to the blog about uh, leveraging nonprofit social media because that has some more explicit details on exactly how people would go through that process. Too much to mention here. Yeah, yeah. At this point, yeah, you know. We'll definitely link that in the show notes. So yeah. make sure you click on the show notes and check it out because there's a lot. I mean, there's so much we could talk about here with that. So sure, sure. I mean, like if you're looking through like for... Free training and resources alone. If you're looking, and I just had to pull this up here, Facebook and Instagram, there's free online courses that are offered by Meta Blueprint, including nonprofit and NGO training, and then Meta Social Impact to learn about the new tools and nonprofit social media learning opportunities that are out there through Meta. You go to Twitter, there's Twitter's Flight School, 
They call it Twitter's flight school for classes on ad fundamentals and video marketing capabilities, just specific to that platform. And then there's a campaigning on Twitter handbook, and it's a guide specific to nonprofits and public surface, uh, public surface professionals. Then there's Twitter. Now I'm just going to run down this list. There's a bunch yeah. of, yeah. And, and we, again, we will include the link, you know, so people can, can check this out, but yeah, Twitter nonprofits, a research, other training opportunities to review case studies, uh, keep up with industry trends. Uh, LinkedIn is a big one, obviously for professional audiences. And if you're catering to your donors, as you should be mm -hmm. as your primary audience is pretty much where you're going to reach them is on LinkedIn. So there's a get started with LinkedIn course that's specific to nonprofits. There's LinkedIn's better together nonprofit webinars, and there's fireside chats too. So that sounds really nice. I've actually, I've not participated in that. That sounds nice. Um, and you can chat directly with LinkedIn nonprofit professionals. If you have any questions, they have people that are set up specifically for that or at least a program that's set up specifically for that YouTube, YouTube creator Academy. You're probably familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I've used some of that. Yeah. Do you know anything just off the top of your head? I I'm, I'm not as familiar with that one. <clears throat> Basically it's just giving you like, if you have questions about how to do things, but then it also even walks you through how to make content, like how to put good content together. Like there's so many resources that they put together to teach you and train you how to use this stuff. Right. So if you want to know how to do it yourself, which that's another key thing that we need to think about when we're looking at really leveraging social media, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. If you're wanting to do it yourself, then you can educate yourself and train yourself through all of these resources that are available, especially with YouTube, all of it. All right. Of it. Now, I think it's important to say, Another way that you can leverage it is by finding somebody that already knows it. I mean, I'm not saying that just to toot our own horn, right? Oh, for sure. But yeah. like, you know, you know, I, I think that's that's one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't realize or understand is that like you could do you this could be a full time job for you. It doesn't have to be. Right. You know, and anything is better than nothing, right? When it comes to making sure you've got something going out on social media. Right. But if you want to make it really effective and affordable or really effective and and um, captivating for your your audience is you've got to really, really take the time to learn and know what you're doing. Right. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I have more. Tell me more. I have more resources to leverage. Here. Tell me some more leveraging resources. Leveraging resources. Okay. And this one will be fun because we're just kind of getting into this ourselves and this is turning to be a valuable resource, even for nonprofits, TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok just got uh, one of our clients across several of their different platforms on TikTok, and that's something. I mean, you know the audience for TikTok. That's a that's a tough cookie to crack for it, sure. It is, it is. But you know, because TikTok, you think of TikTok and you think of you know teeny boppers dancing and oh yeah, stupid cat videos, just right? not just nonsense. Yeah, right. And, and the <laughs> vast majority of it is. That, by the way, my favorite pastime is watching like the cringe channels that like find like public access <laughs> videos of people singing and doing things that are just horrible. They like, it's like, what am I watching? Right. I love those. And I'll send them to Kelsey at like midnight. Mm -hmm. And I will laugh at them at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, there are things that are growing on TikTok because it's becoming a, uh, it's becoming a source of information because that format 
lends itself very well to education and information. Sure. And people are learning. I mean, quick, know, quick little snippets of information, like insights, what have you. Yeah. And, and people are using it to learn a lot. Like there are gardening channels and you can learn how to garden. If you want to learn how to play guitar, there's a guy on there that'll teach you a lesson, a short little lesson every day on guitar. Right. You know, and it's, it's amazing what you can learn on there. And so you can be using that as a platform to offer information and education in a way that allows you to really build a relationship with the people on TikTok. Yep. And specific to nonprofits because TikTok in its wisdom is understood that it is a educational resource or it can be. So they have created this TikTok for good account management and analytics resource because you can't forget the analytics. Of course, you have to know <laughs> you have to know if what you're doing is working or not. So, um, yeah. And it also includes it says here promoted hashtags as well. So that's kind of nice. Um, Pinterest, there is a specific to nonprofits. There is a Pinterest Academy course for platform specific nonprofit social media best practices. And then Hootsuite, which we use for one of our clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, across all of their 400 million different <laughs> social media yeah. platforms, which is a behemoth in itself, but we enjoy managing all of that. Hootsuite also has uh, free courses uh, for nonprofits using social media, um, you know, scheduling insights and how to do things like that. And there is a, uh, you can apply for the Hoot giving nonprofit social media discount. And I would have to look up to see how exactly how much that discount is. But I know that Jimmy was uh, was was very interested in that because that saved, I would assume, several thousand dollars a year. Yeah, he has a very big uh, yeah. footprint when it comes to social. And so that is a huge footprint. So yeah. being able to save some money on an app that helps him manage and schedule all of the posts across those is very huge. Right. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the interesting <clears throat> thing about these resources that are available is, you know, these big corporations, by offering those resources to you, they probably just basically made themselves a tax write-off, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, you know, like, they don't care. Like, it, you know, because they did this, they can then deduct, you know, X amount off of their taxes because they just served a nonprofit, so. That's right. Absolutely. So, that said, those are the resources again, mm -hmm. that are specific to nonprofits that you can use, that you can leverage to improve your standing in the digital realm. And they're, they're there because you serve a community purpose. They're there. So you're not having to spend as much money on reaching eyes. And so you're, so you're able to use the platforms and take advantage of all of the possibilities and all of all of the resources and all of the education and all of the training to make sure that you're doing it right. So you're not just out there blasting social media and spraying and praying, essentially. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> spraying right. and praying, you know, hoping something sticks, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, side note, there is a there is a benefit to the some of the spray and pray strategy if you're like spraying with a fire hose, we did this recently. Where, yes, we did. Where, where uh, we had a customer who had had several social media channels and wasn't using them like minimal use. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have the time or the know-how at yeah. that point. Yeah. 
they were focusing on other things. Right. And, and successful, oh, very successful very, on those things. Yeah. They were, they were focusing on email marketing. They have a 200,000 mm -hmm. strong email marketing list. Like what they were doing there, that works. We would never touch that. Right. <laughs> right. We didn't want to take away from that at all. But what we wanted to do was to engage that social audience that they started, they were starting to have and help them grow that social audience. So like we hit those social platforms like a fire hose with as much content as we could conceivably put out. Oh, sure. Like we bulked out a ton of content. And as a result, that was thousands just, of posts, thousands of thousands and, across all of and, their platforms. And a lot of those posts might individually not have a ton of views on each and one of those posts. Right. But what it did was all of those views collectively told those social media channels algorithms and it played out a little bit differently on each channel. Yeah. And it was interesting to see how it worked, too. but, but it did play out. It was slightly differently on each channel, but it overall, all of those channels had a drastic increase because one of the things people don't understand about social is that it's not, I'm just going to post it and my friends will see it. There's too much content for it to happen that way. Right. So you have an algorithm, which is an AI basically, you know, this computer software program that is designed to show you what you want to see. Yeah. And it's designed to be like, here's the information that Josh wants to see when he's scrolling. That's why I see so many of those cable access TV things and so many stupid cat videos because I love those. And I'm always giving my little hearts. But you took the time to go through and yeah. like the things that you like, like and, and to, to make the things that you didn't like go away. Yeah. I, yeah. You can actually do that too. Like, yeah. like I did not want to see half naked, you know, 19 year old girls dancing. I understand some people might want to see that. I don't. Mm -hmm. Right. So I held, you know, when you're on like Instagram or TikTok sure. or Facebook, you can say, you know, you can select it and say, I don't want to see this video and it'll stop showing you those. And then if you, there's the ones that you tell it you do like, it'll start showing you those. Um, but it even is paying attention to how long you stay on a video while you're scrolling through. Sure. Or, or a post, just any post in general. How long are you staying when you're scrolling Facebook? Did you stop and read the words on the screen? It can tell that, mm -hmm. you know? And then what it does did is... Did you expand like, the text? Right. Did yes. you expand? Did you click the link through? Mm -hmm. It uses all of that to inform the algorithm so that for you, the content that you are seeing is the content that it thinks you want to see. So when we spammed the algorithm by putting out, and spam is the wrong word, blasted the algorithm yeah. by putting out so much content, like all, even though it wasn't a ton of, of individual interaction on each individual post, it started climbing exponentially because it started serving it to more people that would be interested in it yep. based off of their interactions on those posts. And, and now as we enter into this, the second, third phases of that, the work with this client, we can now start to hone it in and focus so that it's less spammy and more, more focused on things that they actually, you know, mm -hmm. their event promotions and, yeah, maybe probably maybe fewer blog post promotions and mm -hmm. things like that, but still some things out there that you know are expressing thought leadership. But you don't have to th you don't have to post seventeen times a day, right, to right. get that anymore, right, <laughs> to get eyes on it. And that was a that was a lot, and it was a risky strategy. Seventeen times was an exaggeration. It was like it, you know three or four across most it, platforms. It would seem like a risky strategy, except for the fact that we knew it would work. 
you know? Right. You know, like, like, like if you tell somebody, Hey, look, we're going to make this happen by just like dumping in so much content that they can't handle it. Right. That's kind of much like, you know, but it made a difference. It really did. Do you still have those KPIs? Uh, do you have them pulled up somewhere? No, I might be able to pull them up real quick. Hold on. Yeah. So just, just so they have an idea what the, uh, over the course okay. of four months, what the engagement increases were. Why don't you tell our audience what a KPI is while we look at it? Key up. performance indicator. They're things that, uh, yeah, measures of success, essentially. How many eyes are seeing your posts? How many people are engaging with it? How many people are clicking? That sort of stuff. Do we want to say the, the names of the pages when I read these? Are we okay with that? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. So, okay. We brought Nano's Facebook post reach from zero to 11,000 in the past four months without paid ads. Without paid ads. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like their, their posts were reaching zero people because mm-hmm. they hadn't posted really much at all in months. Yeah. So they're not, their old posts weren't showing up in the algorithm. 11,000 people were reached yes. and we didn't pay for advertising on Facebook. Yeah. That's all organic. Yep. Yeah. So major gifts ramp up, which was another of their properties. Yep. Right. And they had zero impressions. So that's, you know, people v- viewing their posts and we put 10,000 pairs of eyes. I, I, so 20,000 eyes, <laughs> 20,000 eyes. <laughs> some of them may or well, may yeah, not have two. Some of them so. might not have two eyes. Yeah. Roughly. Roughly. <laughs> some might have three. <laughs> and again, without paid ads. Um, and then, so Jimmy LaRose has his own personal video, his own personal social channels that he uses to promote yep. the, the work with all of his yep. different. He has his Facebook author page. He has his yes. LinkedIn. He has Twitter. He has his own YouTube. Yeah. Now, and we're managing all of those. Uh, so in the past four months, uh, we helped him increase his reach by 7,500 on video only. Yeah. Just yeah. the video. Just the video. And most of that video, so it was looking at his old videos that he had too, because he had a lot of video up. But when we increased with the new videos, the algorithm started serving people the older videos too. Yeah. So all of his videos increased in their views and in their interaction with people because of the new stuff. And and I'm saying four months there, but a lot of that was really just the past month. That was beginning around the middle of July. Yeah. There was an increase a slight steady increase. It was after the, the middle of months. July. Yeah. There, there was an increase over that four months because there was so much, you know, other content that was pulling people to the page, but the vast, yeah, I was also, I was also just posting links to their full YouTube videos. Sure. As yes, well. yes. So yeah. it was getting some of that, but when we yeah. started really hammering on that short form video, now that's really when it just started. Now, see, that's the thing that most you, if you really want to leverage social media right now, yeah, right now, and this could be a transitory thing, it'll probably change when the next big thing comes out. You know, I don't know what the next big thing is, honestly. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to tell you what the next big thing is. Who knows what they're going to come up with next? Yeah, seriously. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody knows. They thought it was going to be the metaverse and everybody's going to be using VR goggles everywhere, but no. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But right now, the thing that you're going to leverage to get bigger numbers fast is short form video. Mm-hmm. So that's Facebook and Instagram reels. That's TikTok. That's YouTube shorts. You can also post those same videos on other networks. We had tremendous success posting those same videos on 
LinkedIn mm-hmm. and on Twitter, they got views, quite a piece, quite a few views on them, but they don't have the same, uh, short form, you know, yeah. channel like the other ones do. And that algorithm is really going to help you grow. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it, and with this particular client, because they have so many different platforms, uh, a big thing with them is uh, education and uh, conferences and, and, and virtual events and virtual training seminars. So they had thousands of hours of existing content, existing video content of all of their expert speakers. And I know that's hard to come by for, uh, for some organizations. Mm-hmm. Like they would have to invest in taking time to create the video in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, but, the advantage with this client is they already had that ready to go. These longer form hour long speeches and presentations and things like that, that could be condensed down into short form video into little 30 second snippets that could be thrown out there as a reel, as a short, what have you. So do you want to go through your, your process of breaking those down? Cause Josh, you were the one who was doing that. Oh, dude. So I use an app uh, that lets me put in the, the long form video. Mm-hmm. And then it transcribes it. It's called Descript. And I actually will edit the text from the transcription and then export that as a video, which is a tool that like, cause I used to do that kind of stuff the old fashioned way mm-hmm. uh, before I got, before that app came out, which is a fairly recent app and they're constantly making improvements to it and making it even better. Before that, I would have to watch the video and pay attention to where I wanted to snip out that clip, you mm-hmm. know, and it was, and, and, you know, let's say I stuttered, like I just did right now, you know, you try to edit that out of it and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then you had to manually type in any subtitles. If you were going to do subtitles, this does it all for you. Right. And there are other apps that do the same thing. That's just Descript is just one software piece that does it. There are many others that do it. So if you were to do like, let's just say two weeks, if you're to schedule two weeks out in advance for our clients at Nano. Mm-hmm. With their short form video and using that platform that, you know, automatically does the subtitles there for you. How much time would you say that saves you? So, uh, the from time, what you would have had that to do saves me, I would just the editing, not the scheduling. Cause that's another whole beast. Um, but, but let's just say like, I'm taking, I'm taking a one hour video and I'm cutting it up into usually out of a one hour video, because I do this for myself, for my podcast. I do it for church. I do it for a few other places. Um, a one hour video to pull out roughly six to 12 good clips. Now, if it's real and and the key to it is looking for good context, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times, especially with, with nonprofit or with church stuff, right? Like if it's out of context, you just, you're just inviting a lot of crazy comments. So it has to make sense in the context of itself. Sure. So you want it to, to, because if it doesn't make sense, people don't care. So <laughs> like if someone, if someone's just, you, you, you choose a 30 second clip of a it, woman giving her famous dip recipe or something. Like well, I mean, that <laughs> might do well, but that's great for TikTok. but no, but like it, but if the, if, if it doesn't make sense in that 30 second clip, right. Without the context around it, don't use that clip. Like in that clip needs to make sense right. on its own, mm-hmm. it, you know? And so that's, and you've what, done a great job with that. Yeah. And that's, that's really the advantage that I have with using Descript because I can see the words. I know exactly what they're saying without having to listen to it a bunch of times and, and go back and forth. But the time that it takes me to get out of a, a, a one hour video and to break it down into um, 
you know, six to 12 roughly mm-hmm. clips, sometimes more, you know, depending, but to, to do that, like, I'm going to say I could probably do that in maybe an hour or less, whereas before it would have taken me almost as long as the whole video. Cause I would have had to watch all the way through the video, then the time to edit. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So like, sure. like, it, like right now it's actually probably less. So maybe half an hour to an hour to get the clips out and exported the way I want them versus an hour to two hours. So it cut that time in half. And as I get better at it, I'm doing it faster. So, you know, like I did one the other day and I got at it, I did it in 20 minutes cause I got, you know, I knew what to expect as I'm going through it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that all really the timing that, that saves you a ton of time to be able to edit it that way right. and to pull it out. But, um, but even just to shoot. So like for my own channel, um, one day I just sat down and like, I, like I've written books, right? Yeah. So I take the book that I've written and I go through and I just highlight quotes and I pull them out and I pop them in a document quotes that I wrote and that I could read in under a minute or speak. Like I could look at the quote and get it in my head roughly to be able to speak it. Sure. And then I held up my cell phone or put it on a tripod or whatever. And you want to hold it like up and down <laughs> Because if you're doing that 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 short form video content, ideally, is going to be uh, vertical filmed. Right. You can use horizontal filmed, but it creates a whole new structure and it makes it a little less, you know, useful. Especially if you're cutting up a video that's shot this way, then you've got to crop it and it doesn't always look right. It's tricky. But if you're shooting it yourself, hold your phone up and down vertically, and you know. So I just made a document and I sat there and one day I had one afternoon and I just looked at each of the quotes. Maybe it was a little story. Maybe it was just a little saying. And I just sat there and I recorded all of those on my phone in one afternoon. And I did maybe 50 of them in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I remember you doing that. Yeah. So like yeah. 50, 50 videos in an afternoon, you know, and, and if they're all under a minute, you know, so that was, you know, maybe two hours, you know, for the, you know, two hours total that I invested. And then sure. I had, 50 videos. Right. You know what I mean? There's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so you don't even have to invest in all the expensive stuff. You just take the time to plan it and then put it out. I didn't mean to talk that long about short form video because it's not everything to do with. But it's important. It, it, it's right now. That is important. Right. The number of views that you will get on your content right now with short form video is going to way outpace everything else that you're doing right now. And that's, that's ex- why I'm talking about it as leverage. And that's exactly why we told them that we told Nano that at the very beginning of our work with them was we suspect that this is going to be the case. Yeah. It took a little while to get to that point where we were able to, we had the capacity to, you know, yeah. work with thousands of hours of previously existing video footage and, you know, put it in some sort of a logical format. But... And, and it's going to do the same thing for the rest of your content, because what it's doing is it is again, telling the algorithm your content is valuable to this person. Sure. So then it'll show them the rest of your content, like on, you know, the other places they're at. So, right. Hey, let's talk about scheduling, given that that is such a behemoth and our our clients down there at Nano, and we appreciate them so, so, so much. They are great clients. They're experts in their field, nonprofit fundraising. Uh, They're the National Association of Nonprofit Organizations and Executives. And they also have a platform that's called Major Gifts Ramp Up. And that is for fundraising strategies, uh, you know, uh, all across the board, 
raising money. Money is oxygen, as Jimmy says, mm-hmm. for <laughs> to support and sustain to build support and sustain your nonprofit mission. So if you're a nonprofit listening to this, you definitely want to check them out. Um, But as far as social media scheduling goes for a client like that, they are an anomaly Mm -hmm. because they have such a range, so many, a depth and breadth of different platforms. But I mean, you know, your average smaller nonprofit might have two or three. Right, they you might know? have an Instagram and a Facebook and a Twitter. Maybe, yeah, I mean, or a LinkedIn, or maybe. LinkedIn, yeah. you know, something like that. So I do think that that you should think about having all of them. You should, even if you don't use all of them as much, just having them for, mm-hmm. you know, the placement at least, you know. And I'm not huge on Twitter or X or anything <laughs> like that, but I mean, like having that stuff for for whatever reason. And maybe you could explain this a little bit better to me, Josh. You seem to know uh, a little bit more in this department. Um, that's very, very good for so, uh, search engine optimization. So posting, posting I, links on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know why it is. It, any links that you post anywhere on any social mm-hmm. are good for SEO. Yeah. For and that, that is a marked improvement that they, they noticed that yeah. too, right off the bat, because we were posting such a volume yeah. of content. You know, they, they definitely noticed the, the, you the get, SEO boost. Yeah. From that now, with, pretty quickly. with Twitter, for whatever reason, they've got a pretty good relationship with Google in terms of programming. Okay. I, I don't, so like sometimes you will post an article on Twitter and when you search for some of the keywords in that article, the Twitter post will sometimes outrank your actual post Yeah, on your blog. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so like, it's just, it's just good. So you should at least use it for that. Right. You know, but we'll talk about Twitter in another episode because I have a whole or lot of crazy thoughts on Twitter. Twitter right? or X. X, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever Twitter, it's out. Whatever they want to be called. Oh, you were um, asking me a question. Then scheduling, scheduling, yeah. scheduling. So we began with them because it, with Nano again, I'm saying that they're an anomaly because there's so, so many. It's very hard to just put together a CSV that's going to automatically just that is going to schedule things automatically for you, so you're not having to go in and schedule each post organically. Mm-hmm which is what we spent a lot of time doing at first because it was such a monumental task organizing all of those different platforms and all of those different posts every single day. So as far as scheduling goes, what are some uh, best practices for, for that? Josh? So, so let's say that we're going to talk about, or like, let's say you have like someone four other, like, someone other than, um, Someone other than our largest client with all of those different. Yeah. Like I said, they're they're the anomaly. This is your regular guy. Yeah. So first of all, like you don't have to worry, like let's just make the simplest possible, but most effective, you know, like if you made each, you made a different post for each network, that would be like the ideal situation. But I know that most people don't have time for that. That's okay. So let's say you make one post a week. Okay. So no, let me say that different. One post a day, and we're going to exclude weekends. This is like the bare minimum that you should be doing. Right. Okay. Right. So you have five days in a week, and you should post on all all of your networks. Just take the same post and post it on all of them. Like that's the minimum that you should do. You could do more to make them different, make them unique if you wanted. You know, but yeah. the minimum that you should do. I like to spread it out and change things up. So people yeah. are seeing different things sure. on different platforms. It makes sure. sense to do it at yeah. different times it, it, that, as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a great thing to do. But if you're, if you're the guy who doesn't have a lot of time, 
right? You're like, I have to do, I, I, I don't have much time to give this. So, which a lot of our nonprofit executives are. So on, and yeah, so on Monday, on Monday, I want you to write five social media posts and then I want you to schedule them. So you go on each of your networks and you schedule them. So if you are in Facebook, you can go to the business manager and you can schedule it. You sh if you have it all connected, right, <laughs> you should be able to schedule to Instagram and Facebook in one place. Meta for business. Meta for business. Yep. Right. And you can schedule it to both in one place. So that's one, that's two posts, you know, but so that's, and then you can go to Twitter and you can put a date on it and schedule that post. And you can go to LinkedIn and you can put a date on it and schedule it for that post. You can, if you're, if you're doing a video, you could go to, you know, YouTube and all those other ones in the same thing, put a date on it and you can schedule it if you have the business accounts. Yes. And, you know, so on Monday, marketing Monday, if you want to call it, just take, take half an hour. And if there's a blog post on your website, you know, and my recommendation also is try to include, we, we should, we could talk about that. Include a link to your website in almost every post that you do if you can. Sure. You don't have to do that. But if you do, like Google's SEO counts social now. Yes. So when they see that a post has been shared five times, that says this post is, this blog post is valuable. So it shows up in more Google searches. Right. So like anytime you can share a blog post from your website on social media is going to benefit you. Does that count? <laughs> here's, here's an interesting question. Does posting a link to an article count as a call to action to your mind? Because you are calling them to take an action, which is clicking on this post to read more. Because there are some trains of thought, and I, I hate that it's like this because there are some people who are like, you should have X number of posts before you ask somebody to take an action. So you're building up that trust and credibility to the point where after the 10th post, after the fifth post, after the 15th post, you can confidently ask them to take an action to read something. Or, I mean, because you could have like a CTA, which is like, download this ebook. Mm -hmm or whatever, or go here and buy this product, which is the CTA, or is that like a low, it, it, clicking on a blog post link, for instance, is that a low stakes call yes. to action yeah. for you? I would say a low stakes call to action. Cause I'll post but, those all day. But, but what you should you know? do, but, but I wouldn't like, so like my, I have a rule of thumb cause I have four, I have four fingers and one thumb, right? So like, and, and I have it, eight fingers and two thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to say for every four, Organic informational posts. The fifth one is one that tells them to do something. Right. Now, those four posts could have blog post links or website links in them. Right. But they also should include something informative and helpful or engaging mm -hmm. in the content itself. So maybe it's a quote from the article and then the link to the article under it, but you're not saying click here now. Yeah. Like don't, don't tell people what to do. Just, it's just there. Just there. Read read further if you wish. So so you have the, the 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 information, you know, like you have a sentence, a quote, something, you know, to get their attention, and mm -hmm. then you have the link underneath it, and they can be in your four, and then your fifth one is download my ebook now. Yeah, you know, download my white paper now, you know, um, because you've kind of earned the right because four times you fed them something useful to them. Right. You know, your blog post is useful content and hopefully your blog post is also useful content and not just buy my stuff. Right. 
you know? Oh, for sure. And so, the, yeah. so yeah, that, I mean, now that ratio of four to one all depends on you, your audience, you know, like that can change, but that's like the one that I like to picture in my mind, especially when I'm given the illustration. Right. I like to like treat it on like an organization versus an individual standpoint, mm -hmm. because there's no reason that if your client, and I, I like, you know, I'll use Jimmy as an example, but like any client who asks you to, to, you know, manage their personal social media, mm -hmm. that sort of thing, like their personal stuff, like they shouldn't be so spammy with it. You know, mm -hmm. it should be them kind of talking to their audience. So in that case, I, I might do eight informative posts mm -hmm. for every one post or maybe even 10 for every for every one post that is asking them to buy my book, download this, download this uh, white paper or what have you, you know, it's important. But I mean, if it's coming from like the corporate entity, if it's coming from the organization itself, mm -hmm. I feel that the organization just by virtue of being like an entity or mm -hmm. whatever can afford to come across not spammy, not right. not pushy or anything like that. But no one's no one's going to look at their at their social media presence and think like why are they asking me to do this well it's because that's why they exist right you know so where it's four to one maybe for an organization yeah eight to one for an individual yeah. but i mean like there's so many different trains of thought though i don't even because you know next week hubspot is going to come out with an article <laughs> that says that it should be every 15 and then um and then a month and a half from now uh sem rush or sem rush is going to come out with something that says it should be one every seven you know, like, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't think it matters how like the ratio isn't as important as people pay a lot of attention to the ratio, though. They do, but I don't think you have to pay as much attention to the ratio as much as are you getting clicks? Right. Like, is it working? <laughs> like, like, are people engaging with it? And right. are you informing your like social media is a conversation. It's personal. It's not just a billboard. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to the to the uh to the grocery store and you see the, the, the cork board and everybody's got How many flyers? times do you say grocery store? This I don't time? know, but we said, it. is this the second this time? This is the second one? time. Should um, keep a little we chalkboard should. here. <laughs> um, you go to the grocery store and you see the, the, the cork board and it's got all the flyers on it. Right. Yeah. And they're all pinpointed to it. You know, like that's not what social media is and you shouldn't treat it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's the other thing that a lot of our, a lot of, and I don't want to say our clients, but I think a lot of people in general don't recognize or understand that you can get a lot more traction if you engage them. When someone comments, take the time to respond. Yeah. If you can do that, and I understand that not everybody can. You're not just can. speaking at them. Yeah. You're not, you're right. not just yelling at them. It is a two-way conversation. And, and so when, you know, like I can think of several big channels that probably hired an intern, you know what I mean? To pay the minimum wage just to sit there and, and, and comment all day, but they respond to every comment mm -hmm. and you start to feel like you matter to Wendy's. You know what I mean? <laughs> Although Wendy's, Wendy's social media is like, Dude, you want to, oh, everybody, I want you to get online and I want you to look up Wendy's Facebook account mm -hmm. right now. Just go to Wendy's and I don't know what happened. I don't know why it is the way it is. <laughs> why but, are you how you are? <laughs> but it is mad. It is like, it is like uh -huh. grandma Barb and uh, like she had too much to drink <laughs> 
and they hired her as the social media intern for Wendy's. And the problem is, well, it's not a problem. The genius of it is it's on brand. Like it makes sense for a, you know, a, a square, for a square cheeseburger joint with, with milkshakes that you can't drink through a straw. You have to eat with a spoon to have social media posts like this. Kelsey, you have it up. Can you read a couple? Yeah. That's what I'm laughing at right now. <laughs> we broke Kelsey, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. <laughs> like I'm scrolling. I'm like one of the first ones I saw was Deb, get off my Netflix, you snake. <laughs> it's, it's just, what? <laughs> but look how many comments it has. 2,300 comments, 2,600 shares, 24,000 likes. 24,000 likes. 24, Deb, get off my Netflix, now, you snake. Not, <laughs> not everybody can pull off Wendy's. Oh, man. Oh. But it's, like I said, it's like your grandma Barb had too much to drink. Yeah. And, and, and she grabbed your phone on accident, and you're the social media intern for Wendy's, and she keeps posting on there <laughs> you know those you know those crappy like strawberry candies these things yeah yeah i don't know if uh yeah those <laughs> it's just the whoever it is says i always carry these in my purse for after i eat chili and have to meet people <laughs> later purchase now ships to me <laughs> so now, as soon as you mentioned Wendy's, like I had to look at the most recent stuff. Like, <laughs> so in locally in in Olean, Tasta Tasta Pizza's Twitter was also very wild for a while. <laughs> it was wild, and now they've kind of tamed down a little bit. Uh -huh. I don't even know if they're posting there anymore. But I I'm not. They serve, saying... they serve square pie there. <laughs> yeah, square burgers, square pie, yeah. wild social, square pie. <laughs> Square pie, real pie. Oh, that story. Okay, never mind. I digress with that. That I could go on that story for an hour and a half, and I have tears in my eyes right now. I'm still <laughs> laughing so hard at the. So I'm not saying you have to my do... Netflix, you snake. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to do social media like Wendy's. It's extra. It's very extra. Uh, but what they realized is, <laughs> what Wendy's realized is that their branding is strong enough that they can do whatever they want. They had a TikTok. Uh, in like, I don't remember what month is national. I think it might've been a day of like national roast day. And so they had like a Wendy's avatar that looked like the little Wendy's girl. Uh-huh. And people would say, roast me. And then her, that little avatar would just roast them like mercilessly saying mean things. Wow. And that's nice. That was their TikTok channel for like a whole month because of one day and it just kept going and going viral. And, but they were taking the time to engage their audience in a way that got attention. So now I'm, I'm not recommending that you get ridiculous with your social media, but, but, but have some fun. I'm going to be laughing at that snake thing all day. I want you to, I want you to send, I want you to send that to a couple of clients. Just send an email saying, look, I found an account that's doing really well. And I think we should learn from them. We should learn from them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Maureen, I think you should post more like this. <laughs> that also might be on brand. <laughs> Get off <my> Netflix. <laughs> Who's Deb? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we broke Kelsey. I know, I've been sitting here crying like a schoolgirl for <laughs>
last like 12 minutes. Oh, man. Oh, Which I, is also on brand for us. So yes, it is. <laughs> we might just have a podcast at some point that's literally just me laughing for 50 minutes. <laughs> just well, me looking at pictures of clowns or something. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I think we have totally like wrapped up everything we could possibly wrap up in this conversation. And I think you need a break. Yeah. So probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah. You, you definitely hit the, the engagement part of it yeah, because just to bring it back to something serious so my uh-huh. mind can function again, That's it is, right. it is a two way conversation and you do need to be when people are commenting and, and asking questions and making, you know, just talking in general about your brand, you should uh, at least express some form of appreciation for, yeah, for what they're doing. So I agree. You had a funny story about a friend of ours, didn't you? I did. So I worked with Alex Davis and he's actually a member of our team. He he works with us as a contractor. Uh, I know him really well. He is a rock star. Now, when you look at him, you would not think he's a rock star because he's just a gentle, quiet guy. Yeah. Kind of shy. He likes grimace. He loves Grimace. Like, so this is, this is actually ties in very well. So McDonald's recently decided that Grimace was worth marketing again, and they made a Grimace's birthday shake. Somewhere along the line, Grimace became like a, an LGBTQ icon, and people would go and buy the Grimace shakes and make social media videos of how they tried the shake and then they died. Yeah. <laughs> And like it took it took the internet by storm, like TikTok, like every other video. Well, maybe it was because I watched one and then liked it, and then the algorithm kept showing them to me. <laughs> but all day it was nothing but people dying because of the grimace shake videos. <laughs> but then then their reporting came out for the quarter uh, for their earnings, and their earnings were through the roof because the grimace shake could only be bought as a part of the birthday meal, which was like twenty bucks. <laughs> So their sales were through the roof because of the stupid TikTok trend. Right. Right. Anyway, Alex is, is, was obsessed with Grimace. Obsessed with Grimace. I'm still trying to understand that. I don't know why. But he, he At liked, first I thought he was afraid of him. <laughs> he liked Grimace before Grimace was cool. Right. Right. Like he had a little plastic figurine on his desk of Grimace yeah. at, the, at the newspaper. And um, he he would try to work into and he was a reporter at the Bradford era at yeah. the time and he would try to work into as many stories as possible and it would usually end up being like once a month the word grimace had to find its way into one of the stories <laughs> in the paper <laughs> and he did it successfully and nobody noticed except for those of us in the in the the office who knew that he was doing it and uh, so, I don't know. That's just a funny Alex story that I wanted to share. <laughs> so, here's some quote. Said Bradford Mayor Todd Totterson. As he grimaced. As he grimaced. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. As he grimaced. <laughs> so and so grimaced as he saw the car crash happen in front of him on Route 46. <laughs> Grim. <laughs> He did uh, it. He did it much more subtly than that, but yes, yeah. he did it <laughs> on multiple occasions. The word "grimace" would make its way past the editor to the print. Uh-huh. It was amazing. That's it was amazing. That's hilarious. Well, well, this episode has broke me, broken me <laughs> for sure. You... And, and... <laughs> now this is now this one's my favorite episode. <laughs> Leveraging social media for nonprofit success, and we talked about grimace, and we talked about Deb getting off his Netflix. That snake. 
<laughs> oh, hey guys. But Th- you you all get the point. Yes, you do get the point. Have some fun with it. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that is the point. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Stratcom Live, the small business and nonprofit marketing podcast. Uh, listen, if you like what we're doing, please go to our website at stratcom.live. You can see lots of headlines there. Uh, you can also check out our marketing agency because if you need help with any of this stuff that we're talking about, we can help you. So if you want some help, go fill out our contact form at grandriver.agency and we'd love to help you. We are here to amplify your message. Definitely. So if you guys appreciated this podcast episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review, uh, send us a message and tell us uh, why you appreciate Wendy's. (laughs) Aside from the Baconator. Oh my gosh, the Baconator, the triple. You got to get a triple. You got to get a triple Baconator. You get it right before your triple bypass. (laughs) Tell your friends about this podcast, guys. We all have a story to tell. Let's tell it well. Ah!